Hello and welcome to The Political Notebook. I'm Billy Robb. I'm a high school teacher. And I'm Robert Robb, an editorial columnist for the Arizona Republic and Billy's dad. This week, we're going to talk education politics. Considering that three weeks ago, the West Virginia teachers led a statewide strike and it included all public schools were shut down for nine days until the teachers' demands were, were met. Ultimately, they won in West Virginia last week a 5% raise. And this is interesting because uh, West Virginia is a right-to-work state, which means that you can't be forced to join a union. And this, their movement was not a centralized union-led strike from start to finish. It was more uh, organic and included non-union teachers and uh, decisions that were made outside of the union leaders and it brings up a lot of questions about the future of organized labor and things like that. But the immediate effects are already being seen, uh, having ripple effects across the, across the nation and inspiring teachers, uh, including here in the state of Arizona. And this week, just a couple days ago, a, a social media campaign started to gain steam, and they asked uh, educators to wear red on Wednesday uh, and then post pictures of it with the hashtag red for ed and hashtag AZ, what's the plan? Asking our, our leaders, what's the plan? So dad, you've got two sons who are teachers. <laughs> did you did you wear red for Ed on a Wednesday? Um, if so, it was not consciously. <laughs> <laughs> but what's your, so what's your, having thought about this deeply and been involved in politics and following the politics of education for a long time, what was your perception of the movement this weekend? I think that there are substantial risks in how teachers handle their current situation and the prospects for additional funding uh, that um, would be channeled in significant part into higher uh, salaries, although I think I would have trouble convincing teachers um, who have endured a decade of fairly serious cuts and um, strenuous uh, circumstances, budgetary circumstances, um, with a uh, advice of being patient. But right now, uh, there is a, I think, very broad and bipartisan belief uh, that uh, something meaningful needs to be done in Arizona to increase teacher pay. And a sense of growing militancy among teachers, uh, particularly if it was to manifest itself in a strike um, that uh, shut down schools, I think would put that broad consensus at risk. I understand the frustration in the hashtag Arizona, what's the plan? Uh, because there isn't a plan emanating from our state leaders. I nevertheless believe that there is a plan uh, to secure the additional resources that were provided by Prop 301 and then in 2020 go for a tax increase uh, that would result in substantial additional funding, including more resources uh, for uh, 
teacher salaries. So let's talk about the proposed a little bit, and then we'll we'll, we'll go to the, the politics of it. So the Arizona, we're recording this on a Thursday, and uh, your newspaper in the editorial board column uh, mentioned your your plan, and the Prop 301 is a 0.6% sales tax that goes to education in Arizona, K-12, through and higher education. A, a, a slender uh, slice to, to um, the universities. Mostly K-12. Most, Overwhelmingly most of that goes K-12. To K-12. That expires in 2021. So there's a debate about do we demand higher money right now, or is it just try to extend that? Take us through your proposal that you've written about and that was endorsed today by your editorial board. I am concerned about going to the ballot in 2020 um, with a uh, tax increase proposal, uh, which, if it failed, uh, would leave no meaningful time to uh, pursue an alternative before the Prop 301 money expires. So I have um, strongly felt and have been advocating for some time, uh, including directly to education groups who um, perhaps mistakenly have asked me to talk to them, (laughs) um, that uh, a two-step process be followed. First, secure the extension of the Prop 301 money. Uh, Don't put what schools are currently receiving at risk. And then after that's secured, you can swing for the fences uh, in terms of a tax increase. And uh, if it is uh, an extension does not necessarily have to be passed by the voters. Uh, Because of a previous constitutional amendment, any tax increase uh, has to be approved by the legislature if the legislature does it by a two-thirds vote. Um, and because the tax is supposed to go away, uh, this is considered, for purposes of that constitutional amendment, a tax increase. So it would require a two-thirds vote of the legislature, and uh, to my surprise and great gratification, uh, there are some legislators who are working on trying to make that happen, And there's very close to two-thirds support in both the Senate and the House to do that. The politics of this is as follows. Both sides have to give up something. Um, That would require both sides to give up something. Governor Ducey apparently wants to use a Prop 301 extension Uh, as leverage to accomplish other things on education reform or tax reform. He would give up that lever. It would, for the proponents of a tax increase, give up the argument that you got to vote for whatever it is or what the schools currently get goes away. But I think that's far healthier. In part of my political calculation, I support a tax increase uh, with the money uh, dedicated principally to K through 12 education. I don't believe Governor Ducey is ever going to support such a tax increase. And uh, passing a tax increase uh, over uh, his strenuous opposition and undoubtedly a highly funded opposition campaign 
is very, very difficult. I think it's worth trying, but I would, I think that's a far safer uh, attempt if a Prop 301 extension is already in your pocket and that's not at risk if you lose. Is that a risk that Doug Ducey would be willing uh, to make of not supporting that given given the climate? I know that it, it the, the poll numbers doesn't seem like he is uh, he is at risk, but uh, mixed up into that, unawares to I think a lot of people, myself included, who did wear red on Ed, uh, the teachers union endorsed David Garcia on that day. That was a little bit surprising, but from their perspective, they're maybe trying to put additional pressure on on Ducey in terms of the education. And you've said before that you think the only risk that Governor Ducey has of losing in, in 2018 is someone like a referendum on education. So is that, I guess, let's say legislators put that at the table, is Ducey even going to risk not signing it or, or even not supporting it at this I, point? I, my impression is that the governor is cool to this idea. He hasn't expressed formal opposition, uh, but he certainly has not expressed support for it either. Uh, the legislative leadership has also been cool to the idea. But uh, momentum for it is gathering. And if the legislative leadership were to decide uh, to let it go and help round up the handful of additional votes that are necessary, I find it inconceivable uh, that Ducey would veto it. Uh, I think his hand would be largely forced. And uh, it may be that his coolness to it um, may be warming up a little bit. It, it, it is an idea that sounded far-fetched uh, when I first floated it, uh, but it does seem to be gathering momentum, and I'm told uh, is the subject of... Uh, meaningful conversation uh, about uh, what to do. So originally, was it a tax, uh, was it a what a vote, voter initiative, or originally was it brought by the legislature? It was, it was referred, it, it, it was championed by Governor Hall and referred uh, to the voters by the Arizona legislature and the Republican majority in the Arizona legislature. And, and this is why I don't want to swing for the fences in 2020. The track record is very clear. Um, legislatively referred tax increases for education supported by a Republican governor have been approved in Arizona. Initiatives to increase taxes for education that are opposed by a Republican governor and the Republican legislature have uniformly failed. I don't think that means that you don't try. I think there needs to be an initiative in 2020 because I don't anticipate the governor or the legislature being willing to pass a tax increase or refer a tax increase. Um, but uh, the history in Arizona is fairly clear, which reinforces to me the value to everybody of removing the risk to what the schools already have. So Prop 301 is coming up, 0.6% sales tax that would maintain the current levels uh, of funding. 
what is preventing that from happening? To me, it seems pretty, pretty like a no-brainer a little bit. Like I know you said Doug Ducey is, is uh, maybe a little bit cool to it, but if you're in the legislature right now, what's, what's stopping you, especially with this, uh, with this kind of uprising from, from, from the teachers? What's keeping that from happening? As I said, when I initially um, advocated that the legislature, by a two-thirds vote, um, extend the tax, uh, it was far-fetched, if not preposterous, uh, because it is technically a tax increase. And Republicans who are in the majority, particularly conservative uh, Republicans, abhor a tax increase. So, it's te- but it's technically a tax increase because it's supposed to end. Because it's supposed to go but away, really and nobody wants it to go away. So, the common sense that no, this isn't a tax increase. It's just a maintenance of the existing uh, rate, irrespective of what it technically may be for purposes of the two-third vote consideration. Uh, and the fact that there's nobody who's advocating the prop. 301 go away mm-hmm. no one's saying we 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 should go ahead and let the tax expire uh, has created um, some momentum uh, and receptivity to the idea but but it but it's and, and when the legislature thinks taxes should be increased rather than do it directly they have a track record of referring it to voters to let voters do it That happened in Prop 301. It happened with the temporary sales tax that Governor Brewer um, proposed and the voters approved. So that's sort of the way it's been done. And that way, the Republican legislators can say, I didn't vote for a tax increase. I just voted to let the voters decide. This would be different. Um, But there's just no reason to go to the ballot with it and that the governor does not want the governor does not want on the ballot where he is up for re-election there to be any education measure and prop 301 would undoubtedly be welcomed by by educators in this movement seeking to to get more funding and, and to maintain funding but i do know that that was done there would very quickly be calls of it's not enough. That's just maintaining. It's not enough to maintain that even after the promises of uh, um, Prop 123, which uh, brought back some of the some of the funding that was supposed to have been coming to the schools that was cut during the recession. Doug Ducey uh, brought together a a deal for a settlement of a lawsuit to, to bring more money, 123. But then it was supposed to be one step of a follow-up that a lot of teachers feel like, okay, we got this 123, but it's it's doing a little bit to maintain the the old funding decreases, but what's next? And they, they, I know a lot of teachers felt like there wasn't that next step they were promised. Prop uh, 301 is, is, a, is a good continuation, but then what's, you know, it's, kind of like what people are hashtagging, what's the plan? What's next? How can we go from like maintaining where we're at, 48th, 49th, 50th, depending on what what data you look at in the in the nation, to increase that to the levels that would be adequate and sufficient and what these teachers will want? It's not enough. Uh, but 
the question is, do you seek more in a way that puts what you already have at risk? And one of the things that has been impressive to me, and I, I, I wrote at the time that I first advocated this, that it would require forbearance from Democrats in the legislature not to make a simple extension into a political football and to make the arguments that it's not enough and to try to increase it or to add other things to it. And um, I've been uh, pleasantly surprised and gratified again uh, that uh, a majority of Democrats in the legislature have signed on, have co-sponsored this approach and uh, appear to be willing to show that forbearance. Uh, it has support uh, from uh, the school boards association, the school business officers, uh, AEA, the Arizona Education Association, the teachers union has been neutral on it. Um, Save Our Schools have argued for the two-step approach um, to secure, to not put 301 funding at risk. Um, so um, I think there should be a recognition, and I think there is becoming a recognition that simply extending Proposition 301 doesn't preclude any options, including going to the ballot in 2020 for a tax increase because a simple extension isn't enough. And it is certainly true that there's no political out leader out there showing a plan that gets us uh, to those additional resources. I believe that will have to be done by initiative, uh, but I believe uh, in 2020, which is your best chances of passing a tax increase, there is a reasonable prospect of putting together a broad coalition of the education community and a segment of the business community to support and fight for that, even if Governor Ducey is opposing it. Right. And it's... To me, it makes sense. You have major players on both sides that are kind of coalescing around a first step. Um, and it's as we're kind of reflecting on our, on our conversation that it's a risk to ask and demand for more right now. I'm wondering, you know, I'm um, participating in this and being part of the Facebook group that uh, – that's talking about uh, the movement and what they want. And I'm wondering how that first step or next step is going to square with the, you know, with the frustrations and the kind of heat and the, and the momentum that's been, that's positive, positive momentum that's been built around that in the wake of West Virginia uh, gaining uh, a significant gain, you know, pretty immediately through a more drastic measures through a strike. And then hearing uh, about Oklahoma has set a, has set a date, Oklahoma uh, movement, teachers movement has set a date and said, we want we want this by April. I think they changed to April second, and if we don't get it, we're we're walking out. So, um, upon reflection, like looking at thinking about the risks, the risk of that, um, but there's an immediate step right ahead, and I would love to see a a three hundred one um, and a stopgap measure, um, and I hope that doesn't 
that that gain would be celebrated by uh, by the movement as a as a first step of maybe many. Well, it, and I understand um, the sentiment of of teachers and the frustration and the exhilaration of the spontaneous organizing that occurred. Um, as I said, I believe there is a very broad bipartisan consensus that something significant needs to be done on teacher pay in Arizona. And I just hope this new um, commitment and uh, organizing activity uh, doesn't manifest itself in ways that can jeopardize that consensus. Right. Uh, Arizona is um, a different state. Uh, and uh, I think we're close to having critical political mass uh, to pass a tax increase for education. Uh, and I wouldn't want to see things that fractured that. As I said, I understand that that is a tough sell uh, after a decade of living with um, serious cuts and with no plan uh, to get back to even where the state was yeah. in, in 2008. I understand that frustration. But I do believe that uh, militancy and strikes can uh, jeopardize right. uh, the broad bipartisan consensus that I think currently exists. That's a good point to look very critically at the differences in Arizona, much different than West Virginia. West Virginia doesn't have any charter schools either. About I think about 16% of students are, are taught by charter schools right now. So that's another major Well, and major I don't difference. know if Virginia and Oklahoma set their salaries at the state level, but um, they're negotiated at the district and the in, in, in the charter system level in Arizona. Mm. Um, and the state does not have the resources um, to do the sort of thing that was done in Virginia. I mean, there, there has been an equivalent increase in teacher salaries in Arizona as a result of Prop 123 that the strike resulted in in uh, West, West Virginia, approximately 5%. Uh, understand that that's not enough. Understand the frustration. Um, but um, it's hard enough to get the legislature by a two-thirds vote uh, to simply extend the tax that currently yeah. exists, you're not going to get a two-thirds vote out of this legislature to increase taxes yeah. even to keep schools open in the event of a strike. And that's in the crosshairs, and that extends it for another eight eight years. And um, and the the battle will undoubtedly continue on the teachers' side. And you know, the West Virginia movement took took some took some time to to gain steam, and uh, I don't see any harm in I, I, taking that first first practical step yeah, I, on the I, way yeah, there. I, I don't think what has been done so far 
um, jeopardizes that broad bipartisan consensus at all. Um, I, I'm just fearful of where it might go. And I believe that it's not only possible but likely that there will be on the ballot in 2020 a tax increase to do something significant for the funding of K-12 education, where this energy could be constructively right. channeled right. to get that over the finishing line, particularly if it has to be done in the face of Governor Ducey's opposition. Right. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Political Notebook podcast. You can subscribe to us on any podcasting app. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can contact us uh, on Twitter or by email, robpodcast at gmail.com. That's R-O-B-B podcast at gmail.com.